Before we get straight into the podcast, I just want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, D Kirby GA Star. Declan Kirby GA Star Championship Journey. It's a series of GA team children's books written by primary school teacher and GA coach Michael Egan. You can check it out in the link in the description down below, of course, as well. Follow the trials and tribulations of Declan Kirby and his team at Smith Green Gaelic Football Club, recently formed a promising GA team. The book is now available in Easons and all good bookshops, so check it out in the description down below and let's get straight into it welcome back to ga fan tv my name is aaron prendergast i hope you're all keeping wonderfully well how is the form and all the rest back again of course with uh, another football preview for this weekend's aliens national football league action that's happening this weekend and um yeah five games to discuss this weekend no division one football action of course and uh, obviously the five games that we're going to be discussing today were the games that were cancelled in the storm there a couple of weeks ago we're also going to be discussing as well the top five footballers in 2022 so far spanning across all four divisions right there so let me know in the comments down below if you're watching live now or uh, even afterwards who are your top five footballers in 2022 or even easier who has been the best footballer so far in 2022 we're going to be discussing that a little bit towards the end of the show so stay tuned for that as well and um also yeah going to be doing something a little bit different today on the show um i'm also going to be sharing the link to the stream here live so some of you lads whether you're watching at the minute and um yeah jump on the stream here with myself have your say on your own county i'll uh, ask you a couple of questions obviously in regards to your own county all the rest we'll have a bit of a chat you can jump on for a couple of minutes so uh I'll throw that uh, link right there in the uh, comments live. So if you want to jump in on the stream, you can. And um, yeah, going to start doing that from now uh, more often on a lot of these streams, a lot of these match reactions and whatnot. Because, uh, you know, I do often get people met who message me sometimes on Instagram and Facebook who say, you know, they want to jump on the on the stream to have a chat or they want to come on the podcast or whatever. So, look, this is the perfect opportunity for some fans, some supporters to uh, jump on, have your say. It doesn't matter who you are, what background you have, jump on and let's have a conversation. So, um, yeah, I suppose a reminder, as always, we're brought to you by Declan Kirby, GA star, the uh, best children's ga book out there in the market at the minute and the great news is as well um you can uh pre-order now from um from eason's of course and you can be in with a chance to win a family pass uh to the crow park uh, museum there as well so absolutely fantastic stuff and you can also if you pre-order now with eason's you can be in with a chance to win your county's full kit and that is because of the uh new um books or uh, new books of course that have been launched there in Declan Kirby GA star so you can go ahead and check that out be much appreciated sponsors of course of the channel as well so uh, absolutely perfect um stuff so um look we'll we'll run into this weekend's action we'll discuss this weekend's games and I suppose starting off really with Galway and uh Offaly and um look what a, a big game obviously it will be for both of these two counties right there we also have um a comment coming in straight away Galway have been touted as all Ireland dark horses every year since 2016 they have a great squad and players but are yet to deliver the last three games of the league will show us where they really are so um that will definitely tell us you know you know absolutely the last three games of the league will really tell us where they are and in terms of dark horses really since 2016 um 
Yeah, look, I mean, I don't know. Their team has changed quite a bit since 2016. I'd say really from 2018 that a good crop of players there, obviously under Kevin Walsh and obviously when Pork Joyce has come in, you got a few more of the Corfin lads uh, on board as well. But in terms of this game, Galway and Offaly, it's the first time these two are actually going to be playing each other in the National Football League since 2002. A long time ago, Galway won that game by a point. Shane Walsh has been the top scorer for Galway so far in 2022 with 220 and 1-6 from play. I mean, Shane Walsh has been absolutely out of this world. And we were discussing the top five footballers in the country. Um, uh, You know, we'll be discussing that towards the end of the video. Bit of a spoiler alert, Shane Walsh might be in there because he's been absolutely brilliant so far. He really, really has. And yeah, you might say maybe he hasn't played the same level of opposition as some other players, some other forwards in the country, but he has really, really uh, shown so far in Division 2, and he's been absolutely brilliant, scoring at 1-6 from play. Matthew Tierney, Paul Conroy, Desi Keneally have all been brilliant so far. Robert Finnerty has been uh, very impressive for, for the Galway men as well. And, um, you know, they, they've done well so far at Galway. You know, they've won every game, obviously, looking very good. Um, maybe you could say the level of opposition they've played so far hasn't been, um, you know, of the high standard. And they have some tough games in the next couple of matches after this one. You know, they'll be playing... Uh, Derry obviously coming up Ross Common as well who they do have a, a decent record against in recent years so um, things are looking good for Galway for Offaly it's been a bit bleak isn't it they're actually the lowest scores out of the uh, entirety of the National League which really probably tells you it's not too good and actually Galway one of the highest scores in the National Football League so far one of the highest scores so far in Division 2 so that really does paint the picture that you know, this might be a tough, tough game for Offaly going away to Galway as well. I know they obviously got that draw against Mead, which, you know, before the game, they might have taken the draw, but they did concede a late controversial goal in the 75th minute from Joey Wallace. Um, so that obviously would be a, you know, I definitely think it, that would have took their, you know, sting out of their tail a little bit, you could say. Dylan Hyland's been their top scorer so far with eight points. And uh, Rory McNamee just slightly behind there with 1-4. And as I said, Offaly, the lowest scores in Division 2 and the entirety of the National League with uh, just 124 so far in their opening three games. So a little bit worrying there from uh, an Offaly point of view. Sir Klopp says, I put Galway in a second group of teams that are one step below the favourites. I think they're below Kerry, Mayo, Tyrone, Donegal, but above Dublin and Monaghan. Look, well, the way Galway are playing and the way Dublin are playing at the minute, yeah, I'd agree with you 100% there. Um, can Dublin get up to that level? Can they improve? I suppose that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, Kerry, Mayo, Tyrone, Donegal, obviously um, up there. Donegal still have a bit to do for me to really be in that top bracket. I'd probably have Armagh up there maybe as well. Don't think uh, Galway are a million miles off. And when you look at their meetings with Mayo, actually, in recent seasons, obviously, barring that um, National Football League game, which really, I think, actually really took the sting out of their tail quite a lot, actually, when they were absolutely hammered by Mayo that time um, just after the lockdown, because I think Porrick Joyce tried to change too much too quickly, and they actually started playing a bit more defensively. I think they read too much into that league defeat rather than sticking to what they're good at. And I think you're seeing now with the way they're playing they um they're looking they're looking very good um tv pc says there i wasn't too sure what that name was there for a minute i thought you caught me out there brother uh, he says they have some really good young players coming up uh, probably two years until they are senior ready podrick joyce isn't good enough manager 
will be gone uh, when they expect to win. Sam, yeah, like, look, I think with Galway, they're obviously, they've had a, a good amount of young players coming in there in recent years, like Matthew Tierney, Sean Kelly, Paul Kelly, um, and they, they still have top-class forwards like Shane Walsh and, and Damian Comer. Um, Paul Conroy's obviously been there quite a while now as well. So, you know, they have a mix of experience and a mix of younger lads coming through. I do think, I do agree with you in the sense of, I think this could be the year for Porrick Joyce, you know, obviously getting promoted from Division 2, I think, is a must. And I think, look, they can lose to Mayo, that's fair enough, but they need to be competitive and they need to go on a good run in the qualifiers as well. I think that's what they will be uh, judged on. If they don't get out of Division 2, and they struggle maybe a bit in the championship. Maybe you'd be a bit worried for uh, for Porrick. Joyce, just run through some statistics here on both teams. So, um, Offaly's expected points so far this year is eight points per game. Galway's expected points is 16 points per game with 1.6 goals per game. So, you know, I don't want to get all Pat Spillane and, uh, and RTE on you lads there run, uh, reading out 100 statistics at one time. But I do think stats really paint a big picture. Uh, into this game right here. So I think Galway, yeah, they'll win this one comfortably. You know, it'll be, what, seven, eight points, I'd say. Possibly even more. Maybe I'm being a bit generous there. As I said, Offaly will take a bit of confidence from how they played against Mead. Um, I do think the fact they need to win this game will, will, you know, it'd be interesting to see what way they go about it as well. But obviously they do have injuries and they are in a bit of a limbo at the minute, you could say, in terms of the younger players coming through. Um, probably maybe just not quite ready yet. So, yeah, I think this will be a comfortable win for Galway. And I think for Offaly, they really will be targeting games against Down and Cork, really, to try and see if they can uh, avoid relegation. Uh, moving on then to Division 3 for Mana and Leash this weekend. Um, last time these two played each other was in 2020. Leash won that by seven points. And uh, for Mana, averaging 8.6 points per game with three goals the last day firing them to the victory. So, uh, yeah, for Fermanagh and obviously for some of these counties in Division 3 and Division 4, you know, you don't get to see them that often. Obviously, I've, I've discussed that quite a bit on the uh, on, on the podcast already and I've, I've discussed it uh, in quite some detail. Obviously, the fact that, you know, you don't get to see a lot of these games on Allianz League Sunday. So, obviously, hard to make a judgment. You're looking at statistics. You're looking at the form of either side. Um, you're looking at match reports and whatnot to try and give a, a bit of an accurate prediction, shall we say. So, look, Fermanagh are coming in with a bit of momentum here. Um, you know, it's actually roles reversed in in many ways. And actually, both teams, like if we throw the Division 3 table on the screen right there, um, both sides are very, uh, very even in terms of stats there. Like, you know, both have played three games. Um, I've no highlight button on this screen, which would be very handy there, but I don't have that, unfortunately. But yeah, you can see there, fifth and sixth in the division, Leash and Fermanagh, almost identical in stats there. Both have played three games, both one win, draw and loss. Um, both have scored, uh, for, well, four goals and five goals. You know, both have the same, um, or, or more or less the same score difference there, like minus one, minus two, points four, 40, points four for for Mana 41. So you can see there, like the stats is very, very even between these two teams. And just looking at it there, the way this division is, this is really an all or nothing game, in my opinion, because whoever wins, I think avoids relegation for definite. And I think 
whoever also you know whoever does win will also still be in the promotion battle as well um and whoever loses i think is out of that promotion battle and very much in a relegation battle um so you know there's a lot of there's a lot on the line here between Fermanagh and Leash there really really is and uh, Sean Quigley's been outstanding for Fermanagh so far he scored 310 so far far this year with seven points uh, with 3-3 actually coming from play and Conal and Ryan Jones since they've come back into the team for Fermanagh um they didn't play the first day out or uh, they didn't start anyways they've definitely been brilliant since coming back into the side 1-4 for Conal Jones in the last two games so that tells you how uh, critical he has been for this Fermanagh side. Leash on the other hand side, Gary Walsh. He's been the main man scoring 210 with 2 1 from play so far. So, um, yeah, look, you know, it's going to be it's a tough one. Do you know, I think I'm going to go with a draw. There's always draws, isn't there, in, in, in every game week? And uh, I think this one's a draw. Like looking at the stats, they're very even. And there's a lot on the line here. You know, whoever loses could very well be dragged into that relegation battle. And also be out of the promotion race. So there's really a lot on the line here uh, for either side. But what I would say is if, if any one of these two can win this game, it will be huge. And it's kind of mental. Like you, I was look, I was discussing Fermanagh there, what, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. And you were saying, you know, they look dead and buried almost. And all of a sudden, at home to leash, they win this game. I think they'll be all right. So it just goes to show really how quickly, you know, you can turn things around. And Loud are actually a perfect example as well, who started the league so well or started the league so poorly and have actually turned things around, whereas Leash are almost uh, vice versa there. So, um, yeah, Super LR uh, 17 Sports says up the SAFs, and he also says, who thinks Antrim will get promoted? Look, they'll definitely be in uh, the conversation. They've done well so far, getting a draw the last time out against Leash, and obviously a big win the first day out against Fermanagh. So, look, Antrim have definitely exceeded expectations in my book anyway uh, under Enda McGinley this year and probably in general so um, they're definitely in there in the conversation still have some tough games coming up though like still have to play Westmead, Loud and um, uh, who else they still have to play Loud maybe you might be able to help me out there but they still have to play Loud and Westmead who are obviously two of the, the top teams uh, in the division there I think they have to play for Mana as well actually so that goes to show but yeah for Mana and Leash I'm going to go with a draw uh, Westmead and Longford. Yeah, I mean, this is, you know, the tale of two tapes, really, in many ways. I mean, one team who actually had a tough defeat last time out against Loud, but generally speaking, they've been on a, an upward trajectory so far this season. Whereas Longford, on the other hand side, couple of injuries, couple of forwards off the now. And um, it's looked a bit bleak for Longford, especially after that defeat last time out to Fermanagh. And they're in the bottom two at the minute as well. A defeat here to Westmead, I think relegation is looking very, very likely. And with the fact that, you know, almost everyone is beating everyone in this division, you're probably looking at, you know, four or five points really to avoid relegation. And that would put a lot of pressure on Longford um, coming into this game. The last time these two played was back in 2019. Westmead won that by four points and uh john heslin top scorer for westmead so far this year 120 with one six from play and uh probably a telling tale really for longford is their top scorer is darren gallagher who usually plays around midfield he scored nine points with just three points from play so that probably tells you a bit about um longford 
right there. Ushin says, um, how long will Derry keep their form for, do you think? It's an interesting one, isn't it, with Derry? They've looked very good. It was a very convincing win away at Clare, and I think that really told a lot because Clare are a difficult team to play, difficult team to beat going to there as well um, and they've won what, all four games so far very very convincingly I think Galway is the team that they could be um, in my opinion I, I think so I think I think I think Galway is the team that they, they, they or Galway is the team that could beat them uh, in Division 2 I don't think they'll win every game but I do think they'll finish first I predicted them to finish first at the start of the year I still think they'll be up there um, playing Ross Common as well I mean the interesting thing about Division 2 is you have a lot of head-to-head clashes between the top four now in the next um, the next couple of weeks, or top three, really, we should say, Galway, Roscommon and Derry all playing each other in the next uh, couple of weeks. So that'll be very interesting. But, yeah, getting back to this game, Westmead and Longford, I think Westmead should win this one comfortably enough. Let's be, uh, let's be perfectly honest there. For Longford, you know, maybe is it just, maybe it's just, have the, you know, obviously Porrick Davis stepped away there last year and have a, a new manager that's come in. You know, is it just the end of the road for a lot of those players? I don't really know, but I think for Westmead, having lost to Loud last week, you know, they want to get back on the uh, on the promotion race. And, uh, yeah, again, just throwing the division table up on the screen right there. As you can see, Westmead in fourth with, uh, with four points, but obviously, you know, they've played a game less, as we know. Obviously, that's why we're here previewing the games. So uh, a win there would put them right back in the mix. It would put them uh, up into possibly even first with the score difference there between them and Limerick. But at a very minimum, they'll be in the top two. So um, that's a, a big thing for Westmead. So, you know, I expect them to win. I expect them to win comfortably enough as well. I think it will be, what will we say, five points, I think. So uh, a comfortable win for uh for Lee or for Westmead I should say and uh super sports coming back there with uh Loud Longford and Westmead are those for Antrim so yeah I mean Loud and you know you'd fancy yourselves to be Longford with the way they're playing at the minute um and then after that look you know it's you know you obviously have what Westmead and um and, and Loud two tough games no doubt about it but home advantage could play a, a big difference in those games so Antrim definitely in the mix no doubt about it um, and I suppose as an Antrim fan, you're probably hoping for a Longford win against Westmead, as unlikely as it might be, because that would definitely help uh, Antrim, no doubt about that. Sligo and Cavan in Division 4. Um, we'll throw the uh, Division 4 table up on the screen right there. So you can see Cavan obviously sitting top of the minute, even though they've played a game less than London. And what's actually interesting about Cavan is they're actually... Uh, one of the lowest scores of any side that is sitting top of their division or in the promotion places. And they actually haven't scored any goals at all as well. Um, they've conceded two goals, but they haven't scored any goals at all. But they um, do have one of the highest expected points as well from uh, f- so far from Cavan. Um, and, um, you know, an average of 16 points per game. So that really tells you just how good they have been with their points taken so far this year. And this really is going away to uh, Sligo. I mean, look, uh, in in my preview of the National Football League and my predictions, I did think Cavan would finish first. But, I, I, you know, I did think there'd be a slip up there somewhere along the way. Is this the game where they slip up? Could this be the one? You know, you're looking at the games they have left after this. They play London, Tipperary and Waterford. I think Cavan should have enough to win those games. Um, 
and they can afford a slip up. If they, if they lose this game, I don't think it's the end of the world. It maybe puts a bit more pressure on themselves going into the next couple of games. Um, so it, it yeah, it'll be interesting for for, for Cavan. I think it'll be a tough one. I do think they'll they'll still have enough. Grove McKernan, top scorer so far with, with 12.6 points from play. But what's interesting with Cavan is they're getting scores from all over the pitch as well. You know, Podrick Faulkner's chipping away, Luke Fortune, the defenders are scoring. Uh, Raymond Galligan's been brilliant, obviously, on 45. So um, they're getting scores from all over the pitch. Um, and, you know, what's interesting as well in terms of some of the top scorers in Division 4, Cavan don't actually have anyone in there. And that probably shows you they have so many scores from all over the pitch because they're obviously top of the league and, you know, they've won every game quite convincingly as well. So interesting stuff there from a Cavan point of view. Um, Porrick Farley says there, Cavan doing okay in Division 4, but it is poor preparation for the Ulster. Football Championship, Cavan forwards are struggling at the moment, apart from Garode McKernan. Yeah, it is a, a good point there, Porrick. I mean, Garode McKernan is Cavan's top scorer so far this year in uh, in the National Football League. And maybe some of the other forwards will click into gear as you go along. Like Paddy Lynch has looked all right, to be fair, um, but probably haven't got the best out of uh, some of the other lads. But I do think that's generally been the problem, hasn't it, with Cavan in the last couple of years, is defence is pretty good, midfield is pretty good, McKernan's good, but you don't really have, you know, if, if, if you could get a Connor Sweeney in there or something, um, you might have a, a serious chance maybe of causing a, a shock or two. But... Look, Sligo, they're, you know, funny enough, they're, they're actually, they actually have the best attack and the best defence in Division 4 so far this year, which is quite a crazy statistic. But obviously the anomaly in there is the fact they beat Carlo by uh, 23 points. So obviously that very much uh, swings in their favour. Noel Murphy, been brilliant so far for uh, Sligo so far this year, scoring 15 points with nine from play. Sean Caraboyne and Luke Towie been uh, impressive there as well. Luke Towie won four from play so far this year as well. So, you know, this is a banana skin for Cavan. This could be a game maybe where they get caught, but obviously Sligo lost the last day out away at Tipperary, which was a big defeat from their point of view. And, um, yeah, I just think Cavan have a little bit more... I think they can navigate their way through this game. I think they'll probably have a bit more experience in game management, um, you know, they've won big games, obviously, before in the past. And Sligo, it is a very young team. So uh, whilst this might be a bit of a banana skin for Cavan, I do still think they'll have enough here to, to win the game by uh, by two points. Uh, Wexford Tipperary is uh, next on the list. And um, we'll get the Division 4 table back on the, on the screen there. Um, and by the way, yeah, these images here are from Achie League tables on Instagram and Twitter there. So make sure to give them a follow for uh, the latest GA tables. Um, although you can you can get them pretty much anywhere. But I like this uh, layout here, shall we say. So, yeah, you can see there Wexford and Tipperary both neck and neck in fifth and sixth. And again, in a similar fashion to when we were talking about Fermanagh and Leash in Division 3. This is really, uh, you know, whoever wins still in with a chance of promotion Whoever loses, you know, the promotion race is uh, very much dead and buried, in my opinion. So, look, it's a big game. Both sides started a bit slow in the division. Uh, Tipperary obviously struggled early out, obviously losing to Waterford and to Leitrim. Wexford had that defeat early on to uh, to Cavan, which was obviously a, a big blow from their point of view, but bouncing back with a win last week against London. Um, 
Tipperary, I mean, we know obviously the the main sort of four they have, and that is, of course, Connor Sweeney, who has scored 217 of Tipperary's 331 so far, with 2-2 of that coming from play. So Connor Sweeney's been brilliant. And um, you know, maybe if you could get better service into Sweeney in 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 terms of scoring from play, you know, maybe you might be able to shoot up that table a bit more, but I don't think you can really ask much more of Connor Sweeney there. Sean O'Connor looks like a good player who, who's come through there and, and Jack Kennedy's done all right. But I do think the big problem for uh, Tipperary has been, obviously, they need to get a bit more than than just Connor Sweeney. And defensively as well, they've struggled a little bit um, as well. For Wexford, they're the lowest scorers in the division, so that probably tells you a lot about them in Division 4 so far. John Tubra with 1-6 and Mark Rossiter with five points in their opening three games. So, yeah, look, I mean, it's a hard one to call. Both sides neck and neck, both very even in terms of stats there and obviously both very even um, so far in terms of the league table. Obviously, Tipperary getting that draw with Waterford, which is what has them ahead and Wexford with two defeats as opposed to Tips 1. So, look, very, very close one. I think, you know, Tipperary definitely have the quality there um, in terms of Connor Sweeney. You just don't know what you're going to get with either of these two sides. They've been very inconsistent so far. You know, I didn't expect Tipperary to beat Sligo, and they did. Um, I didn't think Wexford would beat London either, given London and Sligo had looked very good. Um, so it's a hard one to call it. I think maybe Tipperary just about maybe. Maybe they'll just about edge it. Um, but I think it'll be very, very close. I really do. Very, very close game. Um, Jack Nolte says there, top five is hard to pick. Um, but so far, Sean O'Shea, Rian O'Neill, David Clifford, Shane Walsh, Connor Glass, uh, and Lee Keegan. So, yeah, an interesting top five there. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a very hard one, obviously, you know, because some teams have played three games, some 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 teams have played four games. But um, look, obviously, no harm in in, in having the uh, conversation. So, yeah, look, we'll we'll move on to. Who has been the top five footballers in 2022 so far? Now, obviously, do bear in mind we're going off the, the data and obviously what we've seen so far from these players in 2022. Um, you know, for example, Brian Fenton, Podrick Hamsey, um, Noel Sludden, you know, all these players might go on to win All-Stars this year and they're probably, you know, some of the best footballers in the country. But are have they been in the bracket of the top five footballers in 2022 so far? No, they haven't, you know, and obviously that might change. There's there's a lot of games still to play in the National Football League, you know, three games still left to play for teams in Division One and for a lot of teams in Division Two. But um look, we, we will get into uh my top five and obviously very hard in some ways because the majority of the players on this list are obviously division one players and we don't have the privilege of uh, having seen some teams play in the lower divisions, which makes which makes things quite difficult. But we certainly will call out some honourable mentions and um, run through what players have done well and whatnot as well. So um, yeah, look, we'll, we'll get into my top five there, and in a number five, I do have Shane Walsh. Um, look, he's been—I mean, he's been fantastic for Galway so far this year. We we mentioned earlier. His, uh, you know, his scoring so far, 220 with 1-6 from play. And obviously been heavily, heavily contributing some of the other scorers in there as well. Galway, one of the top scorers in the entirety of the National Football League so far. And if there was a statistic for 
assists in GA, I'd imagine Shane Walsh will be up there. You know, uh, he's definitely contributed quite a lot for some of the other teams. And obviously his goal against Cork as well, his second goal, I mean, that drive and run, just absolutely brilliant. He takes, what, three, four players out of the game. And, and how, how long does he run there? Maybe, what, 15 to 20 metres? Absolutely uh, extraordinary stuff there from from Shane Walsh. The reason why I've got him in, number, in at number five as opposed to um, higher up the list you know, the quality of players he's obviously played as opposed to some of the other Division One players is probably why, you know, you've you've got some Division One players that have scored more against higher quality opposition. So it's one of them where it's early days yet. Shane Walsh has also only played three games as opposed to the other players on this list who've played four. And, um, you know, obviously we'll have a much more clear understanding when the National Football League ends. Um, so, yeah, Michael Murphy is still... Top five for me, sometimes unplayable when fit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and obviously this is based on, you know, these five players are based on just this year. Like we're not going off previous years or anything like that. We're just going off who's been the top five just this year. But um, if you were to do a general top five, yeah, I think Murphy would probably, Murphy might even be number one or number two. You know, he's definitely in, um, he's definitely in there, isn't he? Like he's definitely one of my favorite footballers, no doubt about that. Um, moving on to number four then uh, who did we have at number four Ryan O'Donoghue I think he's been brilliant so far for Mayo um, you know he's, he's just been fantastic he's probably you know one of my favourite Mayo players probably one of my favourite footballers in the country which might be might sound a bit weird coming from a Dublin fan but he's been brilliant he's scored 117 so far this year with 1-3 from play um, and it hasn't just been his goals and points that get him on this list like his contribution as well, like those driving runs that he does, like he can weave, he weaves in now players at times, sets up other scores around them, um, just plays a big part. He was quiet enough a little bit in the Dublin game, but he, you know he was still involved. He still set up other scores, and it was probably one of them games as well where you know Mayo were so comfortable that he didn't really need to get too much involved. And really in the second half, the way Mayo were playing, it meant that you know Ryan O'Donoghue wasn't really involved because obviously he's a forward, and Mayo were a little bit more defensive in that second half defend than obviously what they had. So, yeah, I think Ryan O'Donoghue has been brilliant um, so far this year. You know, he he's on track for an all-star, isn't he? And, he, you know, this he, he's probably the most consistent player in, uh, in Gaelic football at the minute. You know, he was excellent last year in uh, in the league and excellent in the championship. Brilliant for Bell Mullet in the Mayo Club Senior Football Championship. And then, you know, absolutely brilliant so far in the league this year. Like, maybe the most consistent footballer in the country at the minute, doing it week in, week out. And when you have a player like him in your ranks, I mean, you're always going to be up there with a chance of an All-Ireland, in my opinion. And, you know, I would be shocked if he ends his career without an All-Ireland. Let, let, let me just say that. he, he You know, I, I think he's going to be a part of the first Mayo team that ends that um, long wait to win an All-Ireland. But we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Number three might be a surprise for some people, but I've gone for Jimmy Hyland. I think he's been, um, yeah, he's been outstanding. He's actually the top scorer in Division One so far this year with uh, two seventeen and two eight from play. Um, so you know he's got one of the highest tallies. Only uh, there's only one other player who has scored more than him from play so far in uh in, in 2022 and what's interesting as well is he's done it against some very good play, uh, good teams as well you know he's been brilliant against Kerry Tyrone obviously he got a, a goal I think in that game uh, I think his goal was against Kerry actually and obviously he got a goal against the dubs there as well 
Um, so he's come up against some tough teams. And look, I know Dublin are obviously in free fall there at the minute, and and, and that's fair enough. But he's still done very well in that game and, and, you know, played a big part in that game. You know, his goal was uh, the deciding difference, really. And, um, you know, I remember he was one of the, I suppose, up-and-coming players uh, with Kildare, obviously, when they won that under-20 All-Ireland back in, what was it, 2018 or 2019? You know, I think he was the 2018 under-20 footballer of the year. Um, and and pa- Patrick Walsh says, says Jimmy Hoyland there as well. Yeah, like he's been, he's been brilliant. You know, he, he could arguably say he's in number one, but just think the other two players that I've got here have been um, just a little bit better, in my opinion. But um, look, and you know what? what's kind of crazy is Jimmy Hoyland's, you know what, the best footballer in Leinster at the minute. Um, long way to go, long way to go, obviously. And you know, will it, will will we still be saying that when the Leinster Championship is over? I don't know. I don't know. But he's definitely up there. Um, and obviously his counterpart, Daniel Flynn. I mean, he um, you know, he he's 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 you know, he's arguably better than than Jimmy Hoyland overall. But uh, and that probably shows, you know, how many good options Kildare actually have there at the at the minute there. Um moving on to the uh the top two then. So in at number two for me, Rian O'Neill. Um, yeah, I mean, this guy has been unbelievable for Armagh as well. He scored 113 with 16 from play. Um, but obviously, look, it isn't always about scoring, you know. That you know, sometimes you can look at all these stats, and if you were to do it all on statistics, you know, your your opinions would probably be a little bit different. But for Rian O'Neill, it, it's it's just the quality of his points as well, it's the quality of his goals. You know, he's scoring from difficult, difficult angles at times. Is running on the ball like such a hard player to dispossess, such a physical player as well. Um, and his link up play is brilliant as well. Like being able to spot a pass, like I think he set up Jason Duffy, was it for a goal against Tyrone? Um, he's just been brilliant, he's been absolutely fantastic so far for uh, for Armagh. His contribution has been brilliant, and you know, he, he's been a like it, it's no surprise really, like he's been one of the best players in uh, in Armagh. And, you know, in the country for a while, but, you know, I think maybe with COVID obviously in recent years because of the limited games that are available um, because of obviously, you know, you didn't have qualifiers, you didn't have a full league campaign. We probably haven't got to see the best out of him, but yeah, he's been absolutely fantastic. And number one, um, and, you know, he might be number one overall as well. And I don't really think this is uh, much of a surprise here. And it is Mr. Clifford there. I mean, he scored three, eight, from play this year, which is um, the you know the most out of any player, and um, three ten in total, but three eight of that coming from play. Like he's the top scorer in the entirety of the national league, and you know he's only scored two points from freeze and placed balls, and that just goes to show you just how good he has been. Um, he's he's just been absolutely outstanding, hasn't he? You know, like I mean, his movement on the ball is brilliant. He he gets past two three players, links it up brilliantly. Um, and he's just a complete package. Like even his, um, like the way he carries the ball and moves with the ball, it's just different to anything I've ever seen before. And he's probably, he probably is the best footballer in the country in general. You know, not not just this year, but probably if you were to do a top five of you know the best players in Gaelic football at the minute, David Clifford probably would be number one as well. So, you know, he's been um, he's been unbelievable. He he really really has. In terms of some honourable mentions. Obviously, Jack was mentioned and Sean O'Shea there. I mean, yeah, he was very, very close. Um, but he played in midfield against Kildare the first day out. And look, you know, it's one of them where it's very hard to include 
every player. But, um, you know, we will do a National Football League team of the year when this is all said and done. And I think, yeah, I think Sean O'Shea gets in there. But some other players who definitely deserve a mention, obviously Daniel Flynn, we mentioned him with Kildare. He's been brilliant so far. Um, Kevin Flynn of Kildare has been good as well in around the middle. Benny Heron of Derry, Shane McGuigan of Derry. Jeremy O'Connor actually of Mayo, very, very unlucky to uh, to miss out. Um, yeah, brilliant in around the middle. His link-up play has been fantastic and finding himself in the right position at right times as well. We've seen obviously against Dublin, um, brilliant from the throw-in and arguably could have went for goal with that chance as well. Jason Duffy's been brilliant for Armagh, coming back in there. He's been brilliant. He scored 2-4 from play. Uh, Samuel Roy of Loud, yeah, I mean, he, this guy's been extraordinary and he's been brilliant for the last couple of years and, you know, what you would say is you see sometimes in obviously in the, in the Premier League and you see in, in in soccer and other sports sometimes you see teams like you know Liverpool who I support and some other teams who'd sometimes go down the lower divisions or go abroad and and pick a, an up and coming player who's looking very very good you know if there was a transfer market in GA which obviously there isn't but if there was let's say hypothetically you know I think the likes of your Dublin's your Kerry's your Tyrone's would be looking at a player like Samuel Roy of Loud and, and trying to get him in because um, he's been outstanding. But obviously, that's the brilliance of GEA. You know, everyone plays for their own county. And look for Loud in general. I mean, and Mickey Hart, they're doing well. And they could be playing Division Two football next year. And they could be playing against the Dublin, which um, you wouldn't have said a couple of years ago. But yeah, unbelievable stuff. And, I, and obviously, I mean that from a, from a Dublin perspective. I mean, Loud have, Loud have done very well. In uh, in the last couple of years since Mickey Hart's come in there, Raymond Galligan's been brilliant for Cavan, arguably one of the goalkeepers of the year so far. Rory Beggins, did, you know, would have been on this list maybe, but obviously made that mistake against Kerry. Um, and yeah, generally he's been very impressive from uh, place balls, and obviously kicked a point from play at one stage as well. Keith Byrne of of, of Leitrim's been brilliant. Ryan O'Rourke as well. Um, the two big stars of London so far, Liam Gavahan and James Gallagher being outstanding Sean Quigley brilliant for Fermanagh and what's mental is you know who would have thought I would have never mentioned a, a Dublin player so far but Sean Bugler maybe 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 I'm stretching there he was brilliant against Kildare I thought um I thought he was all right against Mayo to be fair but yeah generally speaking I'm, I'm reaching there's, there's clearly a lot of players obviously um ahead of him there as well Darren McCurry's look good for Tyrone um as the year's gone on uh, Connor O'Donnell, Shane O'Donnell, obviously have been uh, fantastic there as well. Uh, comments coming in there. Daniel Flynn is the most underrated player in the country, in my opinion. Yeah, like he's, um, yeah, he definitely is, isn't he? He's, he definitely is highly underrated. I think he, I think he gets the credit he deserves. To be fair, from from a lot of people all around the 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 country, um, but maybe sometimes he does fly under the radar, and it probably is. You know, a similar thing maybe with players like Samuel Roy and a few other lads because we haven't seen too much of Kildare because of obviously COVID and all the rest. We haven't got to see the best out of some of these lads. But yeah, look, you know, uh, Daniel Flynn, Jimmy Hyland, Paddy Woodgate, you know, he's, he, he gets a mention as well, doesn't he? Because he's been absolutely uh, brilliant so far this year. So, um, yeah, look, that that's that's my top five footballers in uh, in 2022. So we'll we'll call them out there. So number five for me, Shane Walsh. Number four was Rhino Donahue. Number three was um, 
who who do we say? Jimmy Hyland, number two, Rian O'Neill, number one, David Clifford. Um, and that's obviously based on this year alone, and obviously from what we've seen so far this year. I mean, if we were to do a general top five, I mean, you know, it's it, it's a much bigger discussion, a much bigger debate, and um, yeah, obviously when the National Football League concludes in, uh, which is not far away now, you know what? Uh, possibly what another month left of the National Football League, we will do a. Um, National Football League team of the season and we'll obviously include all four divisions in there as well. Um so yeah, I suppose we'll we'll go ahead and uh and wrap this one up here. Uh I did see a few people trying to join the stream there but there was no um cameras or anything like that set up there so I didn't I didn't add anyone in there. But yeah, look that that's obviously something we'll be doing going forward in the future as well. You know, if some of you lads want to join in here and have a chat, have a conversation about your own county there, you can uh definitely do so. There will be a hurling show out tomorrow so stay tuned for that. More uh uh match reactions and all the rest. I don't think there'll be any match reactions of the football games this weekend because of the fact that yeah none of them are on TV unfortunately but um there will be match reactions of the hurling games so uh, stay tuned for that as well. And as I said at the start of the show, make sure to check out the sponsors of the page, Declan Kirby, GA Star. You can be in with a chance there to win your own county's full kit. Um, you know, if you go ahead and pre-order the book from Eason's, and that will be in the description down below. It's out on March 17th, out on Paddy's Day. So what more? Can you ask for there? So make sure to check that out. Brilliant stuff. And um, yeah, stay tuned for the Hurling Show and multiple match reactions out for the Hurling Games this weekend. And uh, there should be a watch-along stream at Dublin Kilkenny. We, we, we might do that as well. Why not? So yeah, cheers to anyone who tuned in. If you could leave a like and subscribe, be much appreciated. And um, if you could share this out to your friends and family, absolutely fantastic. And if you could leave a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever, even if you don't listen to it, on those podcasts if you could get over there and give it a rate and i want to try get up into the um you know podcast rankings or something like that just because why not why not It'd be great wouldn't it so um yeah if you, if you could do that be absolutely brilliant and uh, i'll see you all later